0: This podcast may contain content that is graphic and disturbing in nature. Listener discretion is advised. A baby boy was born into poverty in Pakistan and never went to school. But by the age of 10, the whole world would know his name. This is Apple for the Teacher, a true crime podcast. I'm your host, Anna Thomas. Today's episode is called Iqbal. The boy lived in a poor area in Pakistan. So who was he? So, today we continue the story of Iqbal Massey, the Pakistani boy who spent six years as a child slave from the age of four. So if you haven't already, go back and listen to episode 132. So we left the last episode with Iqbal attending the Reebok Awards in Boston in the US, where he was awarded the Reebok Youth in Action Award. He gave such a powerful speech for just a 12-year-old. So, what happened after that? Iqbal then returned to Pakistan and to his school and continued with his campaign and said this about the owner of the carpet factory where he had worked. Quote, I'm not afraid of the owner any longer. Now he's afraid of me. His work managed to close dozens of carpet factories but the death threats also continued. And here is what the president of the Islamabad Carpet Exporters Association said, Our industry is the victim of enemy agents who spread lies and fictions around the world that bonded labor and child labor is utilized in the production of hand-knotted carpets. They are not and never have been. He also condemned The BLLF as Jewish and Indian enemies who wanted to damage the reputation of Pakistanis' carpet industry. So now it was 1995, and Iqbal was continuing to campaign and to go to school. But as his home was not far away, he was able to visit regularly. On one such visit, it was Easter in 1995, and he was 12 years old. He went to visit his uncle and rode his bike, together with some of his friends from the village. His uncle was working in the fields at the time, so they rode over to see him. While riding, gunshots suddenly rang out. (sighs) One of the boys was hit on the arm, and Iqbal was shot twice. His uncle heard the shots, and here is what he said happened. I heard the sound of gunfire and then shrieks of my son and another boy. They were calling out for help. When we rushed there, Iqbal was on the ground, bleeding. But it was too late, and it was believed that Iqbal had died very quickly. He was buried the next day at a graveyard near the family's house, with about 800 people attending. He was proclaimed as a martyr for the cause of bonded labour. Then the city of Lahore, where his school was, a group of 3,000 protesters, mostly children, marched through the streets in memory of iqbal but also demanding an end to child labor the prime minister benazir Bhutto said she would provide a special payment to his family but they never received it she also vowed to fight against child labor but her government only took limited action at the united nations human rights commission they observed a minute's silence for iqbal Ishan also called a press conference where he said it was very clear he had one enemy, the carpet mafia. It was never established who killed Iqbal, but it was strongly believed the carpet industry was responsible. However, the government concluded that it had just been a random act of violence. Of course they would. Ishan then brought Iqbal's death worldwide attention and as a result, many countries began cancelling carpet orders. The Pakistani Prime Minister just happened to be in Sweden at the time, and local schoolchildren protested about child labour at the Pakistani embassy. Carpet manufacturers accused the BLLF of harming the national interest with false propaganda. Ishan was accused of mounting economic warfare against Pakistan. The BLLF officers were raided by the police and their files taken. Local newspapers in Pakistan ran stories which said that carpet workers live better than the average citizen. One such article stated, quote, The few children working on carpets do so after school, in their own homes, under the supervision of loving parents. Are you kidding me? Then, two years after his death, The U.S. President Bill Clinton signed a law to ban imported goods made by bonded child laborers. Six new labeling programs were then also put into operation. A number of carpet companies hired their own inspectors to monitor the carpet factories. However, it was hard to know if the labeling and inspections went beyond the influence of corruption. Iqbal's death had occurred four months after he had visited. School in Boston. When the news hit the media in the U.S., the students were devastated. The teacher who had invited Iqbal to their school said, They were angry. They were furious. Iqbal's murder had a profound effect on these young people. Even though they had only met him once, for one day, Iqbal had become a symbol to them. His voice and his message had touched them deeply. They were determined that they were not going to let a bullet silence iqbal's message that all children should be free and in school one student said we promised iqbal we were going to fight to the end and get those kids free even though iqbal's not here to help us we've got to try something really big now because he's gone here are some students from the school speaking about that day iqbal came to their school
1: when I first met Iqbal, I was 12 years old. When Iqbal came into our classroom, he wanted to give us his story.
2: He pretty much just asked us for whatever we could do, if we could give him donations, if we could do anything in order to raise awareness against what was going on. I think he's very hopeful that children will do something about children of Pakistan. Thank you.
1: Thank you. I believe Iqbal's real courage was the day that we had asked him when he visited, why are you going to go home when you know you're in danger? And he, and he said, I need to finish what I started. I'm going to finish what I started. His dream was to be like the Abraham Lincoln of his country. He wanted to free all the children and let them have a chance to be a child and go to school.
2: He started going around his country and started declaring a verbal war against the rug carpet industry.
1: He stood up for all the children that didn't have a voice, and people listened. He started speaking out in Pakistan. He was speaking in England. When he came to America, he struck a chord with many people. The carpet overseers, they had lost quite an amount of money once Iqbal started speaking out, and that is why Iqbal was in danger when he went home. He went home and was shot and killed and that is when I became angry and instead of just being angry about it, a group of us decided we were going to build a school in Pakistan because that is what Iqbal's dream was. In the beginning
2: all we heard was kids were supposed to be seen and not heard and we had to overcome that to
1: prove to people that we could do this. We crafted an email to send to all the other schools in the nation asking for $12 donations from each classroom because Iqbal was sold for $12 and he also was murdered at the age of 12. Within two days, we started getting responses. We would first started out with $50,000, that was our goal. Well, the next thing you know, it started snowballing. Within a year and a half, we had raised $250,000. I've been involved in the campaign since I was in eighth grade. I'm a sophomore in college. And it definitely still has an effect on me. It's something I will never forget. He was the most courageous person I've ever met in my life. And without meeting Iqbal, I would have been that girl in the back of the class getting straight A's. (laughs) And not, not doing anything that matters. Iqbal
2: was a very bright light. He knew what needed to be done and he didn't give up. That's what courage is all about. It's not giving up. It's always putting the first step in front of the second step. It's just getting out there and doing it. And everybody can be courageous.
0: So they created a petition asking for an independent investigation into his murder and mailed it to Amnesty International. But they didn't stop there. They knew they needed to do more. And that's when They had an idea to build a school in Pakistan in honour of Iqbal. So they wrote to other schools in the US asking for their help and also sent letters to various senators. The school principal approached a local community bank and they agreed to open an account called the School for Iqbal. Senator Edward Kennedy offered to help and acted as a government liaison with the Pakistani government. He organised for the US Embassy in Pakistan To deliver a letter to the Prime Minister explaining that they wanted to build a school, and the reply was, We welcome your campaign. All of this had been achieved in only three days. Schools then across the US made donations and they also set up a website. The students raised money by washing cars and holding bake sales. The school then started receiving thousands of letters and the students responded to every single one. After two years, 3,000 schools and youth groups had got involved in the US and in other countries around the world. They then partnered with a group in Pakistan to build the school who were able to get help from the local community who donated their labour, materials and money. Reebok then presented the school in Boston with a Youth in Action Award, the same award that Iqbal had received. And here is what one student at the school had to say. When I was younger and eating steak and vegetables, Iqbal was working 14 hours a day. When I was playing, Iqbal was still working. When I was watching TV, Iqbal was working harder and harder. So what has happened in the 25 years since Iqbal's death? Ishan continued to work tirelessly for human rights. After Iqbal's murder, He fled in exile to Europe but it was always his intention to return to Pakistan and continue his work. He applied for a visa multiple times but was repeatedly denied. Over the years of his activism he has been jailed 12 times and tortured. The Pakistani government has accused him of high treason for the negative spotlight that he has shone on Pakistan and as for Iqbal, I have seen that there have been many statues which have been made of him, including three in Spain. And these statues are made of wrought iron and show Iqbal holding a book in his right arm and pulling a child behind him with his left arm to signify how he pulled children out of slavery. There are also holes in his back referring to his murder. And I also found out other information about Iqbal, which absolutely floored me. The story you just heard about Iqbal and how he was enslaved, would you believe that his whole life story and what happened to him, that people have actually disputed the whole story? And the shocking part is that his own family has disputed the story of Iqbal's short life. So this is what I found. I watched a video which interviewed his family and they told a very different story about Iqbal and what had happened to him. His mother, brother's uncle and the owner of the carpet factory gave the following account. They said Iqbal was not sold into slavery at four years old, that he went willingly to work in the factory at the age of 14, following his brother who was already working there. They said that it was Ishan himself who made up the story about Iqbal being four years old. But his family said he wasn't actually that young, but just appeared to be that young because he was so small due to a genetic deformity, but that he was actually 14. So he wasn't small because he spent so many years hunched over in the factory. They also claimed that Ishan used Iqbal for his own fame and fortune. Here is what Iqbal's mother said. He said, I sold my son, but he is the bastard who sold my son. Iqbal said to his older brother that he wanted to learn the skill. All three brothers went there. Ishan murdered my son. He is eating up the money that was given to my son. He took my son abroad by force. I want to see him hanged. They said that Ishan has defamed Pakistan, that there was no mistreatment of children in the factories, and that Ishan manipulated the story for his own personal gain. It was alleged that he killed Iqbal and blamed the carpet owners. (sighs) Are Are you just nodding your head in absolute disbelief? So I have to ask myself, why would his family make up such a preposterous story? Had they been paid off or were they just too ashamed? Did the government give them money to be quiet so as to not paint Pakistan in a bad light? Isn't this totally bizarre? Now, the video that I watched had the actual interviews with everyone. So what they said wasn't just hearsay. They were speaking in Pakistani with subtitles. The video was produced by a Pakistani. So it could be possible that they just created false subtitles. that the family had not even said this the person narrating the video stated that he had found the real truth behind iqbal's story so bizarre right so i really don't know if their family really said what they said and whether the video was actually authentic and we'll never know unfortunately and as for slavery today we know slavery still exists in all forms despite the laws laws don’t stop the drug trade and other criminal activity, so the extent to which children are still exploited can never be fully known. An Iqbal story reminds us again that those very cheap goods that we buy in the West, that there are workers in developing countries who have slaved for very little money in order for us to have those goods. While I was reading about Iqbal, I came across one very startling fact. You've probably heard about the United Nations Convention on the Rights of the Child. This is an international agreement which was adopted in 1989, so Iqbar would have been about six years old. It's a treaty where countries across the world have made a commitment to children. It has become the most widely ratified human rights treaty in history. The basic principles are that children have the right to have their basic needs fulfilled and to be free from abuse and exploitation. All countries in the world have ratified the agreement, except for one. And can you guess which country that is? Well, you might be as surprised as I was. It's the US. Apparently, they have signed the convention, but not ratified it. Thus, it is not legally binding in the US. Wow, I would not have expected that at all. And here is another way that Iqbal made his mark on the world. A year before his death, a network of nonprofit organizations dedicated themselves to ending illegal child labor in the rug-making industry. So they created a certification program called Rugmark where companies could attach a logo to their products to prove they weren't made with child labor. It has since changed its name to Goodweave. Now I don't have any rugs, but if I did, I would definitely be checking them to see if they had this particular logo. So here are my thoughts about this story. This story has just affected me so much, much more than any other story that I've covered on the podcast. Yes I've told such sad stories but I'm trying to understand why this little boy has affected me so much. I have read detailed facts about gruesome murders but somehow seem to be able to handle it but I just haven't been able to come to terms with what happened to this gorgeous little boy. Everyone who came into contact with him just knew they were in the company of someone special. He had a real presence about him and you can tell that he was destined to be someone. And when you see the photos of his face, he just seems to mesmerize you. I have no doubt that he would have become a world leader or done something else fabulous. But obviously, someone else also saw his potential and that he would be someone who would bring them harm. So they cut his life short. But history is full of martyrs, and now Iqbal is one too. I don't know whether it's because he could have been my student. If he hadn't been born into Pakistan. And my job is to nurture kids to reach their potential, but he never had the chance to show who he could have become. And just recently, I came across a photo of a very young Barack Obama, probably about four or five. And who would have ever imagined looking at that photo of him, of what he would go on to do? And this is exactly the same way that I feel about Iqbal. And here is Iqbal speaking, so you can hear this beautiful boy's voice. And then Ishan talks about how Iqbal has affected him. <laughs>
1: That day, I to Iqbal was uh, part of my heart. And uh, was actually a child from whom I was getting education for myself, for the children's rights. So in this way, uh, when I, I felt something, Uh, about children's rights, I asked him that uh, how you felt it. And he was a little teacher to me.
0: It was just so hard putting this story together. And I think out of all of the stories that I've told in the podcast, this is the one that I'm really going to really, really remember. And of course, you can find him on the Find a Grave website. And I will give you his name so that you can find him. Iqbal, I-Q-B-A-L, and his last name, Massey, M-A-S-I-H. And now let's preview the next episode. It's called Troubled Teen. Daniel made a desperate call to his parents. What did he say? And to end this episode, I will leave you with this quote from Iqbal himself. Children should have pens in their hands, not tools. Bye for now and remember to be a good apple.